Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. August is here and there's no better time to be a part of adfreeshows.com than right now. It's all the content at your fingertips early and ad-free. And it's not just the incredible podcast you already subscribe to. No, that's just the beginning. We have hours of weekly bonus content, live interactive events, happy hours, and even now. For the first time ever, we are in the thick of planning our very first in-person Top Guy experience for our premier members. Labor Day weekend in Chicago, Illinois, the same weekend as AEW All Out. Yes, Jeff Jarrett, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, Eric Bischoff, and friends. Yes, I said friends. We'll be joining our top guys and gals for a weekend event they will never forget. So sign up today over at adfreeshows.com and commit to being a part of the next one because this isn't the last. Oh no, the party is just getting started. So take the plunge. I guarantee there is a tier that is right for you right now over at adfreeshows.com. Can you believe August is already here? It feels like 2021 is just slipping through our fingers. Don't let a bunch of cash slip through your fingers. Keep more of your own money at savewithconrad.com. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners just like you all across the nation save tens of thousands of dollars. If you can hear my voice and you're in a 30-year loan or you have credit card debt or a second mortgage, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much. Just ask Tyrus in Wyoming, Michigan. He left us a 4.67 review and he had this to say, Jimmy made things easy. Being able to text was a lifesaver, such an easy experience. How about this five-star review from Smyrna, Delaware, David and Diane from Conrad's team were outstanding. I found out in January that my landlord wanted out of the rental business, but I love my house. As a fan of Conrad's podcast, I decided to give first family a call. I never wanted to be a homeowner before and didn't even know it was a possibility. David dealt with all the details and despite a number of complications, he and Diane kept going through the options until we made it work. We closed this month and I couldn't be happier with first family. Here's another five-star review. This one comes to us from Daniel Frank. You, he says, Conrad and his team always answered my questions and made me buying my first home, truly an unforgettable experience. How about Jared over in East Canton, Ohio? He left us a five-star review at SaveWithConrad.com, And he had this to say, I contacted Derek last year, and after looking at my information, we decided to work on my credit a bit and try again in a few months. Derek gave me a few tips that increased my score to give me the best rate possible. We were able to knock nearly $200 off of my monthly payment, and two months without a payment definitely made for a better summer vacation for both me and my family. I'd recommend First Family Mortgage to anyone looking to refinance. Listen, no matter what your situation is, First Family Mortgage can help. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some money, we won't waste your time. But we also won't say no. We'll say not yet, but here's how. 
Go check out our reviews. See for yourself what people are saying about SaveWithConrad.com at ConradReviews.com. And then find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And hey, if you'd like to give us a call, we'll even pay for the call. It's toll free at 888-425-0105 or shoot me an email at Conrad at SaveWithConrad.com. And now let's get to the show. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. What a rib. No, you have a meal. There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. Was he there? I was there. I don't give a shit. I ain't scared. Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? Oh, you know. Oh, is that that good? Well, I wrecked him sore. Oh, I wrecked him sore. Yeah. That that's a new one. You don't think, I don't think you've dusted that one off for me before. All right. It'll be hot. I wrecked him sore. Okay. Well, uh, today we're doing something, uh, kind of fun. We're going to be knocking down a ask Bruce, anything. Are you nervous, anxious, excited? None of that. All that. None of that. Before we get going, I feel like we should, uh, acknowledge that, uh, a fellow that you've had some good times with over the years recently passed away. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I have a good friend, Dusty Hill from ZZ top, uh, left us. This past week, and um, you know, it's a funny story about Dusty because in ni- 1985, I guess it was, or maybe 84, uh, the Fantastics were in Houston. They were using Sharp Dressed Man, and Dusty had called and asked for some tickets to the show, got him tickets to the show, and um, became friendly with Dusty a little bit. And then uh, as I went on to the then WWF, um, Dusty would come to the to the shows in the summit, and we got to be friendly back and forth, and we we'll always talk and go to their shows. He'd come to our shows, and I never really, you know, ever got to meet Billy Billy Gibbons. And then as years went on, I kind of lost touch with Dusty, and then I became friends with Billy. 
and <laughs> it was funny how, you know, the, the, everything kind of happened and then they didn't speak for a long time and they got, uh, shared a common interest in WWE and we, we got them, I think in Oak city or Tulsa, one of the two, and they came to the show and sat next to each other and found a common love for what we do. And they started talking again and made the, the touring life a little bit easier. But great guy, uh, incredible musician. His contributions can't be denied. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. It was kind of a bummer because I was in the middle of a of a meeting and uh, got that text. And when it just happened, I was like, wow, this really sucks. So Godspeed Dusty and uh, his musical Live On Forever, man, because... He was undeniable in his greatness. Well, I think, uh, everybody who listens to this show knows that we have a ZZ top song as our theme song. And, um, I don't know, big part of your life for a long time and he will be missed. We, uh, we've had an interesting uh, week or so here in professional wrestling. So now seems as good a time as any to do an ask Bruce, anything. Let's jump right into it. Uh, SSW media wants to know after listening to Brett's 1993 at King of the ring, they teased the DQ and restart in the heart final in the Yoko Hogan match. They let the finish stand when we all saw the exploding camera. And after the match, there was no mention of the fireball by Oakland or Tunney. What's up with that? Well, the referee didn't see it. There we go. Okay. See, man, look, the referee has final word. The referee doesn't see it. They can't call what they don't see. That's what we teach people. Like in karate, because I'm a four-time black belt hall of famer. Right. You teach you teach the referees. You can't call what you don't see. You may hear something, but by God, you don't know if that was a point or not. So you can't call it. Referee can't call. You may hear a fireball. You may smell burning flesh. And it, what happened? My thing just went away. Everything went dead. I'm still hello, here. Hello. We're still talking. I'm not. You're not hearing. I just hit this and it comes back. What the fuck did I do? Um, Are you all right? Where the hell was I? But, but but you can smell burning flesh. You can smell hair and by God and uh, see a bright light behind you. But for all I know, it was an exploding light. A simple, who knows? But you didn't see a fireball hit a big blonde sweaty guy with blonde hair. As a referee, I don't know what was more fascinating, your answer or that you got lost in the middle of it and said, wait a minute, where did everybody go in the middle of it? Cause I couldn't hear myself anymore. And then I hit the thing and then all of a sudden I heard myself again. And you know, I promise I'm going to get a new one of these things one day. You know, our old pal JR always says it comes down to the two C's in wrestling cash and creative. And unfortunately try as I might for the last five years, Bruce won't talk about money, but we're going to talk about money right now. We're going to talk about cryptocurrency. Boy, it's everywhere right now, is it not? It feels like everybody's been talking about it. But if you're like me, I used to think cryptocurrency was like a secret club or maybe an exclusive club. You had to know somebody. But Coinbase believes that everyone, everywhere should be able to get in the door. Whether you've been trading for years or maybe you're just getting started, Coinbase can help. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app. 
so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over a hundred countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. So whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access the crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $5 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com forward slash wrestle. Sign up at coinbase.com forward slash wrestle for $5 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, and be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash wrestle. Seriously, sign up at coinbase.com slash wrestle for $5 in free Bitcoin. It's free Bitcoin. What are you waiting for? Sign up right now. Coinbase.com forward slash wrestle. Dismal Abysmal wants to know none of the modern day in-ring interview segments seem to have the same feel or impact as Piper's pit, barbershop, funeral parlor, or even the heartbreak hotel. Would Bruce like to see a separate out of ring arena interview set, make a comeback? Well, first of all, I'll take offense that brother love show wasn't mentioned in there. Well, I think he knew that one. We all know that was the very best one, right? No, I think Piper's pit was the very best one, but I think the brother love was probably second. Um, and the rest of them were just, eh, but <laughs> I think that the right with the right talent. Yeah. I think that that would be something that overall done correctly and in the right way. Yeah. But the, the problem became, and I think that brother love in particular was good because Brother Love didn't work, and, and, and there was – my only job was to get people over. My only job was to tell the story, their story, not mine. So when you have a talent that's involved in other things and involved in a story all the time, they're getting themselves over. That's what they want to do. So you have to have that right mix, and you have to have the right talent that knows how to get other people over. Piper was able to accomplish both. Because Roddy just went out like, I'm over already. <laughs> I don't need to do anything to get over. Yeah, I'll give you some help. And with me, it was, hey, I was just there to get him over. I never saw myself anything beyond that. Lindsay writes, sitting at Gorilla all those years, have you noticed any talent that have certain superstitions or ritual things they do before they go through the curtain? Yeah, there's certain ones. Um, you know, Charlie Haas. Uh, and Jerry Briscoe always had a little ritual uh, to remember Charlie's brother, Russ. And, um, you know, there are guys that do uh, the sign of the cross before they go out. Um, there's, you know, guys that have to uh, get them pumps up, pump themselves up and slap themselves in the face and, and that kind of stuff. So um, it just it just really, really depends on who it is and, and, and what they're doing. Let's, uh, do another one here from Luke from Eastern Iowa. He says in Vince's performance of stand back besides Hogan on bass, could any of the wrestlers actually play instruments? Well, you saw him play it, didn't you? Oh, geez. Did you see him playing? See, I, this I did. Is, let's go back to the referee thing for a minute. Hello. Oh shit. Let me get this. <laughs> All right, back at it. So Bruce, uh, serious business. Do you know of any wrestlers who had musical talents like in real life? Pretend the stand back thing isn't a thing. Like 
We know Hogan played bass. Did you know of any other guys who could play an instrument? Um, let me see that actually did during that time. Uh, I think Coco beware played piano. Um, but maybe not just that time, anytime like wrestlers and musical talent and don't say like, man, Xavier Woods plays, uh, trombone. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks for that. He really does. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of guys that have musical talent. I'm Jimmy Hart. Without a doubt, Jimmy plays pretty much all the instruments. And, well, you're giving all the trade secrets today, man. But, uh, well, goddamn, the ones that do, you know. Charlie Thrower wants to know, Mr. Pritchard, was there any pushback from Hasbro over Slaughter's Iraqi turn? Secondly, were there any other talents besides Sarge to become an action figure slash character for GI Joe? I think Roddy Piper, and that's probably it, right? Yeah, I think that is it. You know, the, the, the GI Joe folks. They were already, you know, they were already in with Sarge. So they'd already done their Sarge slaughter stuff. And, and after the fact, I don't know that there were too many people that were really enamored. By God, I want an Iraqi sympathizer <laughs> action figure. Uh, I don't know that was a bestseller in any way, stretch or form. So, uh, what about, um, you know, pushback from any other toy companies like GI Joe for the whole Sergeant slaughter thing? Any, anybody at all that you know of have any sort of pushback on an angle? We didn't push that hard on it. You know, I think that there was, I think there was a little pushback on uh, brother love back in the day, just because mm. they felt that there was a bit of religious connotation to it. Um, wait, time out. Snowhead. Do you think that's why I knew you were going to go to snow next, but on the brother love thing, do you think that's why there wasn't a brother love character or a figure released because of the controversy or potential controversy? Yeah, there were, there were a few reasons why, but, um, I think that was definitely one of them from a broad based marketing standpoint. Yes. Can you give us any other reasons why? Because people didn't like me. Well, that's not exactly a secret. So, Hey, you know what, man? I got feelings inside deep where it counts. Not a lot of them though. Uh, No, not a lot of them, but I got, wait, are you doing it again? Yes. I'm doing it again. Ladies and gentlemen, he has a diet Coke and a diet Pepsi back to back again. I don't understand what we're doing. Why not? And, oh, and, and a Gatorade zero. All all the brands are equally represented. See, because the diet Coke gives me gas, a little gassy. So like, I kind of got a burp because the gas will gas will fumes and gas will part of the gas comes out of there. And then the the Gatorade kind of calms it down. I feel like this is you explaining storylines. Uh, what about, what about, uh, the head thing? I remember the head thing being an issue with Al Snow's, uh, quote unquote action figure with Walmart. Right. And there were probably a few other retailers who had an issue with it. Yeah. It was crazy because they thought that it was a uh, violence towards women because it was a, a severed woman's head. No, it wasn't. It was a mannequin head that talked to Al. Um, so those that didn't understand the character itself thought that it was promoting violence to women and severing their heads. It's like, no, uh, unless, unless you look at, you know, headless mannequins as violence to women that were trying to sell to women that they look better without a head. Oh, okay. You want to go there? Then we go there. I that's mean, that's a tough what sale. a mannequin is. That's a tough sale. I, uh, thank you. I thought that, you know, some of those were silly. Um, other than that, man, 
Not really. What's the worst uh, shirt you remember y'all selling? Like maybe it's oh. not one that got pulled from a retailer, but one <laughs> like the, the, the semen dripping Valvina shirt or the always pounding ass APA shirt or <laughs> that Callisto shirt that looked like he had a, a, a heart on. There's been some, some regrettable W was there one that you're like, Oof, that's the worst one. Well, I'll tell you the worst ones that, that that we ever did was, and I'll go back to mid South when we started getting the merchandise. And one thing that Vince did early on was in his merchandising, there were very few. Uh, so if you had a Hulk Hogan shirt, they they existed, but the best selling one was Hulkamania. Right. It wasn't a picture of Hulk. Yes. On the shirt. You know, Jake the Snake was a logo with a snake. You know, Macho Man was Macho Man. And you had the image of Savage inside, but you had to know what the hell you were looking at to really catch that image of Randy uh, in the glasses. Piper, you know, Hot Rod. So there weren't pictures of, of the guys on them. And I remember when we took over the merchandising for Mid-South Sports and UWF, I wanted to do some new shirts and, and uh, bad street USA was an, an example of what I thought a cool shirt was. Right. Just the, just the logo did, did, did. And, um, I got to tell you a story after this, but, uh, so <laughs> it was like, Bill was like, no, you gotta have pictures of the guys. And I did a gray shirt, with just Ted DiBiase's head on it. And it was the ugliest, stupidest, shittiest shirt that I had ever seen in my life. And to this day, every time I think of ugly, bad shirts, I think of the Ted DiBiase gray shirt with just his his head on it. And it was I think we sold one, maybe. Um, <laughs> we sold one. Absolutely terrible, you know, but yeah, those, those are horrible, <laughs> absolutely horrible. And, and I can look at, and, and that was one that I did to, just to kind of, okay, Bill, here you go. Here's our top baby face with his picture on it and didn't sell for shit. Nothing. It was, it was horrible. You know, like Dr. Death, you know, dude, cool logos is Dr. Death. Not a picture of doc. Let's wear a picture of doc's face on their shirt. Right. So yeah, it was, it was kind of the shits. So, uh, this, this is horrible to tell. Don't anybody do this either. Uh oh. So I'm talking to a friend of mine and he says, you know, he goes, Hey, hey you know, you remember how like guys would, would go and, uh, see the what's up guys and the commercials and everything. And they're like, Oh, Hey man, you're the, the what's up and do that shit. Well, so Michael Hayes is telling this story about how now people just point at him and look at him and go, oh, you're the doot-doot-doot guy! Hey, doot-doot-doot man! Oh, doot-doot-doot! And so... And he gets annoyed by that? I think he finds the humor in it now. (laughs) I think there was was a time of uh, uh, annoyment. Anointment, is that right? Uh, that's, one of the one word. Of, I don't think it fits in this particular situation. Do, do, do. Years ago, when it first started to pick up steam, uh, when you started doing it here on the show, I got a call from him. Hey, I want you to know I don't appreciate that. I'm like, what? 
you and Bruce on your little show, all this doot doot shit. I never even said doot doot. I don't say doot. I ain't never said doot doot. I'm like, no, he didn't say you said it. Yes, he did say it. No, he didn't. Michael, my Michael, he said, if your walk made a sound and he didn't even say it, Brian did. And we just retold the story that your, your gate, your like cadence with which you walk. If it made a sound, doot, 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 fuck you. So that was the way the call went. Yeah. I had one of those two. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, Brett, listen to the show, Michael, by any chance. No, I don't listen to that shit. Well, I wouldn't even know how to do it. A podcast. I'm fucking busy. I got shit to do. I got to go get a massage. I I ain't going to listen to that. I lived it. Shit. Uh, ding dong. Hello. Yes. We're talking about your ding dong today. This episode is sponsored by blue chew. Say it with me, blue chew, man. They've been sponsoring us for so long. It feels like they've been a part of something to wrestle as long as Bruce has, but now it's summer it's camping season. Let's talk about pitching tents. You know what we're doing guys. Listen, here's the thing. I want to give you a little pro tip. Confidence can take you far in life. It works in a wrestling ring. It works in the bedroom especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where blue chew gives you the hot tag. Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Now you can take these dudes anytime day or night. So you can plan ahead or just be ready whenever an opportunity arises and the process. Oh, it's so simple. You just sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Now, here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman, and actually your wives will be too, because when your package has arrived, it means your package has arrived. And here's the thing. They always say first impressions are important, but what about a lasting impression? So if you're in a dating routine and you're getting ready to uh, go one-on-one with the great one for the first time, why not leave a lasting impression? Women say there's nothing sexier than confidence and blue chew can help give you confidence where it counts. So if you could benefit from the extra confidence when it's time to perform, man, tagging our boys at blue chew, they can help. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code WRESTLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. The promo code is WRESTLE to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. But seriously, have you not checked this out? If you've been listening to this for a long time, because I can't believe it, but I think this is like our five-year anniversary you do not want to miss this bluechew.com promo code wrestle try it for free you're just out five dollars shipping why not see what all the fuss is about you're gonna love it bluechew.com the promo code is wrestle i did like about maybe it was two years after we did it he listened to our michael ps hayes episode and then starts group texting us late at night one night that was wrong and there's no context. He didn't say what we said. Was wrong. 
<laughs> just he thought we yeah. could be. Is it, is it we're doing it live for Michael at three o'clock in the morning, and we're saying this, and we are anxiously awaiting, looking at our text messages. Yep, that was wrong. No, no, that's eighty-three. That wasn't eighty-four. Didn't happen like no. that, Bruce, and you know it. No. Wrong guy. Like, what the fuck is up? Yeah. We have just you engaged him. (laughs) Well, because it was funny because I was like, I'm sorry, what are you talking about? Don't don't act like what's going on on the other end. I know what's happening on the other end. I did not. I had not put two and two together, and it was hysterical because I was a step behind, like, Michael, it's late. I don't know what's going. What are you talking about? You know what you did. It ain't right. It's wrong. Oh, yes. Brad writes, uh, whose idea was it for Kane to take off his mask in June of 2003? Um, that was, you know, we, we were looking at what to do next with Kane and Vince was thinking, well, shit, man, let's, let's take off his mask. And when we started talking about that, we started talking about, well, what does he look like with the mask off and wondering then my sick mind kind of took over as far as what if, <laughs> you right. know, we could simulate, you know, the, the burns on his face and you could, he has this really screwed up haircut, you know, where from the, the horrid fire that he was in, that his hair wouldn't grow back in certain places. And we start, uh, we start, you know, shaving his head a little bit and Madison score garden. And I start really messing with it bad. And Glenn's looking at me like, Bruce, you're fucking with me. I said, no, really, man. I think this is going to be cool. And I think it was really cool for the first time shock factor. But I don't think that uh, Glenn's lovely wife, Crystal, who is an extremely lovely woman, um, one of the nicest (laughs) people (laughs) that you would ever want to meet, she didn't care for it too much, and that was enough for me. I was like, okay, we'll change it up a little bit. So you can just shave it and then let it grow out for TV, and then we can mess it up a little bit when we get to TV, and then shave it again when you go home. So you're somewhat normal when you go home. Uh, Brian writes, uh, when new wrestlers enter the locker room in a new territory, do they introduce themselves as their working name or real name? Also, do they call other wrestlers by their working name when they met them? It depends. It depends on who you are and who you're talking to. Um, some guys do, some guys don't. I think that it is common courtesy when you walk into any room where you don't know people. And let's say, for example, you you walk into a meeting in, in your office and there are people in the meeting that you don't know, but you know, you're walking in the meeting, walk, walk around the room and introduce yourself. Say, Hey, I'm Joe Bevins. Ah, how you doing? I'm Matt Burns. Um, just introduce yourself. I, I think that's just common courtesy that is lost in this generation of people that, well, I'm here. So they should assume they know who the hell I am and what, why I'm here, but introduce yourself. Tell tell people what you do. Hey, what do you do, man? How can we help each other? Cause we're obviously in the same meeting together. So we're going to be talking about stuff. I'd love to know, you know, what side of the table you're on and where you're coming from. So yes, walking into the locker room, I do, I do think it's important. Most times, you know, new guys would walk around just for nothing else other than to introduce themselves and say, Hey, 
you know, Joe Bevins. My destiny writes, looking back, if Goldberg had been in WWE during his undefeated streak, which attitude era superstar would have been the perfect guy to end the streak. Also, which attitude era superstar would have been perfect to go on a streak like that. Um, to go on a streak, it probably would have been big show. Um, at the time the big show came in and, but to end the streak. I think that you, you, you're looking at guys like rock. You're looking at guys like Austin or guys like triple H undertaker stuff like that. I think would have been perfect ones to end the streak of Goldberg. I, uh, I can't argue that uh, Dave... I mean, street versus streak with undertaker would have been nice. Oh, that could have been fun. Yeah. Dave McClay wants to know who would Bruce like to see induct brother love into the WWE hall of fame. Well, that's one of those things that will never happen. Um, but but hypothetically, if it, were, if it did, huh? If it did though, I mean, who was most synonymous with, uh, with that set, the brother love character. I mean, would it be the undertaker? Would it be Hulk Hogan? Who do you think? Well, uh, I think that, uh, probably undertaker, Jerry Briscoe, just from a personal side of things and or Vince. And again, that would never happen. So, you know, back in the day, if, if, uh, he were still alive, uh, I would have, um, Bobby Heenan would have been the perfect guy. Oh, wow. That would Just be because of how close we were and, and how much he helped me with that character and, and how much we did on camera as well. Kyle wants to know, was Vince in the boiler room for the match shot for SummerSlam 96, or did he just trust Taker and Mick and he just let them go? Well, my God, that boiler room is a really dark, disgusting, dirty place. No, we were outside watching the monitor. Nobody was in there, but them. So we knew, yeah, we, we had, we had been, uh, I remember I had gout that day (laughs) and we, we went in and uh, shot it and it was, it was pretty tight confines. So nobody could really be in there, but we, we shot it. We walked through it and, uh, There you go. It's a boiler room. Boys go ding, ding, ding. Okay. Guys, a couple of weeks ago, we probably got ourselves in trouble a little bit. We talked about Bruce's dog and how Bruce's dog wasn't doing all that. Awesome. All of a sudden he had developed some problems, but he was getting a little older and we joked that, well, even though it's probably not the nicest thing to say, and maybe it's not all that considerate, but we joked that solid gold really worked because Dodger's digestive system was tip top. Here's the thing, man. Dodger kicked out. Dodger's good to go. Dodger's all better. Uh, but we really do believe in solid gold that much that we were comfortable in joking about that because we know Dodger and our dogs absolutely love solid gold. Now here's something you may not know up to 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut. And then if we help our dogs with proper diet and their digestive health, it's going to help them fight environmental allergies. Now that's the reason that our dogs back in the day, before we discovered solid gold, I would notice that they had like dark circles around their eyes from their tears. It turns out we needed to change their diet, solid gold to the rescue. You see solid gold's nutritional platform is inspired by their founding belief that high quality food is the best way to impact our pets, mind, body, and spirit. 
And I'll just be honest with you, man. I want our dogs to live forever. I know that's not realistic, but if I could maybe extend their life a little bit, I could extend the quality of their life and they could be happier dogs longer. That's what we're looking for at my household. And I know it is for yours too. For over 45 years, solid gold has revolutionized this holistic pet food category. And now they've got a recipe for any dog or cat's dietary needs. You hear me? Any dog or cat. They got everything, dude, from healthy whole grain to grain-free options, to wet food, to supplements like sea meal and 100% human grade bone broth. Now here's what you want to remember. Solid gold foods are different because they cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods. They balance with living probiotics. They fuel with omega three and six fatty acids. And this is all done to support gut health and nourish your pet inside and out. Man, if you really care about your dogs, you want them to be with you as long as possible. You got to go to solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle right now. Save 30% on select solid gold products at solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle. That's solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle to save 30% on select solid gold products. Remember solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle. Colby says, I've asked a few times, hoping it gets picked. Can Bruce share any examples of a referee screwing up a match? Not just a minor goof, but where one tanked to finish or even impacted an angle. Hey guys, are you looking for the perfect father's day gift idea? I was, and I found it at paint your life with paint your life. You'll get a hand painted portrait created to fit almost any budget. And it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You see paint your life, transform your photos into a one of a kind hand painted portrait done by professional artists. You can upload photos of anything you can imagine. You choose the artists and the art medium. They've even got great frames. It all takes less than five minutes to get started and you can get your portrait in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at paintyourlife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded guaranteed. And right now as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right. 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, just text the word wrestle to 87204. That's wrestle to 87204. Text wrestle to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Hmm. Pretty famous story that happened a few years ago at Starcast where there was a story about Ted DiBiase Jr quote unquote, not kicking out and a referee counting him three after there'd been a big meeting. Hey, we can't continue to embarrass the referees. So if you don't kick out, they're going to count you down. So Ted DiBiase jr. Did kick out, but the referee still counted three. And there was a big hubbaloo because this long match was now a short match. Was there ever a more significant example of that? Do you think? One time they had twin referees, but that was because Ted DiBiase spent millions and millions of dollars on plastic surgery to get twin referees to go in and count down Hulk Hogan's shoulders. Um, Of significance, no. I I can't really recall one that just sticks out. And, yeah, there have definitely been times where guys haven't kicked out. I remember in Houston a long, long time ago. Uh, Moondog Maine, Lonnie Maine, working with Jose Lothario, and, and uh, Moondog got up on the top rope, came off the top rope, and allegedly Moondog had been tipping the old canoe during the day and during the night and uh, was a bit inebriated and knocked himself out. 
Moondog was supposed to go over on that night, but uh, Jose had no choice but to cover him. The referee had no choice but to count one, two, three, because he wasn't moving. Mm. Then they called the ambulance and brought him in, and he had just knocked himself out and was drunk as a skunk. Things like that, yeah. I, I remember, okay, I, I told the story about the first time that I ever refereed a match where it was Jose Lothario versus Gino Hernandez. It was the main event of the show, but there was no other match in the dressing room. So we had to start with the main event. Now, I'm terrified as a referee. I've got to go out there and referee this two out of three fall match with Gino Hernandez and Jose Lothario, the biggest you know draw in the territory at the time. And I'm 16. Yeah, I think I'm smart. I know what's going on. The promoter goes over and tells Jose, he says, Jose, tell Bruce what you guys are going to do. Give him the finish. And Jose looks at me and says, goes, uh, I'll take the first fall, screws you the second fall to Gino, screws you the third fall to me. Like, all right. I had no idea what the fuck he just said. Right. So I go out and referee the match. Jose wins the first fall. Gino wins the second fall. And we get to the third fall. And Jose wraps Gino up, puts his feet on the ropes. And I count one, two, and I saw his feet on the ropes. Being the good referee that I was, I caught him. And I said, uh-uh, your feet are on the ropes, man. Bring it up. And I got the stare of death from Super Sock Jose Lothario. And in that moment, and in that single stare, I realized, rut roll, I screwed up. And so we went uh, went on with the match, and Jose did something else and uh, went to cover Gino over by the corner and looked at me. Jose just looked at me and said, count to three. <laughs> and I put my head down and I counted one, two, three. By God, I didn't look up and Jose won. That's when I learned that uh, that goddamn Gino Hernandez <laughs> cheated to win the second ball. Just turns out I was a shitty referee <laughs> because I didn't have a clue that Gino had cheated to win the, first, the second ball. Yeah. It happens, man. Okay. It happens. Anthony writes, I'd love to hear the whole story about the nasty boys incident in Peoria, Illinois. I had a couple friends that went to that event and would love to hear what happened and what the aftermath was. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. I, um, I think there was a, a stabbing. Maybe this happened. Who sta- the nasty boy stabs. I, I have, have no idea at all. Or the nasty boys got stabbed. I, I don't know. Sorry. There was, uh, I think it happened at a red light. It was a series of, of cars involved. And, uh, anyway, I, I, I think... wasn't there. I don't know. No, it's you true. It was 92. You weren't there, but I didn't know See? if maybe you had heard the story. Cause usually, I mean, you know more about the orange Sid stabbing and you weren't there either. Yeah. I wasn't there for that. I just told you what I heard, but I, I don't even remember hearing about this. Chase Hernandez writes, if Bruce had to have been at one of the big four shows he missed early in the nineties, which one would he have preferred to have been at the most? And what was something that he would have pitched differently? So we'll answer that one piece at a time. You know, you missed a lot of the, the big 92 shows. So you missed like SummerSlam 91 and you missed uh SummerSlam 92, which I think you probably would have wanted to be at, but you also missed Royal Rumble 92 WrestleMania eight. Is there one where you're like, man, if I could go back and 
still work with the company to help put together that. Would it have been WrestleMania eight? Would it have been SummerSlam 92? Would it have been the 92 rumble? What do you think? It would have been, it would have been the rumble where flair went all the way through 92. Yeah. And then WrestleMania eight would be second. I just assumed you would have loved SummerSlam 92. Cause you would have gotten the big stadium show and across the, the pond. That, that would have been, been great. Yes. I mean that I would have loved that to have that feel in, in, uh, England and everything. But I think that the, the laying out, when you look at the actual event, that rumble to me would have been so much fun to work on. Oh, so and, many hall of famers and what a cool finish. Yeah. You know, I just would have, I would have loved to have helped lay that, that match out and be able to be a part of that. That was pretty, that was really, really cool. And then WrestleMania eight, um, just again, from the, the potential of it, I'm not sure that it would have had Hulk and Sid, at least not in that incarnation. I think that either you would have put the championship on Sid and gone with Sid and Hulk uh, you would put the championship on Sid at the Royal Rumble, or you go with Hogan and uh, Flair. But I, I don't know that I would have had the matchups. I think you know hindsight being twenty twenty. Um, but then again, you know they'd had Hulk and Flair, and it didn't draw. So I, I could see why they didn't do that. But I think that it was a different. It was a different. It was a different chase. And Hogan chasing at that time, I think could have been interesting. If you would have done another angle, you know, you pitched before you liked the idea of maybe the Papa Shango thing. If he had voodoo dolls, like, you know, that could have been a fun thing. Do, do any other ideas like that pop up when you're at home watching and you think, oh man, that would have been cool if we could have done X, Y, Z. You know who I like, man? Uh, yes, and I love Papa Shango. Uh, but I also really liked Big Bully Busick. Wow, that's a name I didn't expect to hear. Um, because he was different. Yeah. He looked different. He looked like a real tough guy, man. He looked like one of those old bare-knuckle barroom brawlers. Yeah. And I thought there was so much you could do with a bully. Um, and I thought that Nick played it to the T, but there was, there was just something missing with Nick. He couldn't take it beyond the gimmick. You know what I mean? He couldn't get it all, all done in the ring. And, uh, I just was always intrigued by his gimmick. And the other one was nails. It would have been great to have had a guy that could really work that gimmick. Yeah. And it was a cool story. And you know, it worked. I, I just wish that, you know, nails could have gone a lot further and, and had maybe someone else to portray that character, um, would have been neat. All right, guys. I want to tell you about something that has been a game changer in my household. I'm talking about chili sleep. Uh, Bruce can attest to this. He said at my house before I have a whole routine before I go to bed. One of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to pull my blackout shades. One of the second things I'm going to do is I want to throw a little strip over my nose. One of the other things I'm going to do, or should I say used to do is turn the temperature down in my entire house. This was something that I discovered years ago where I slept better cold. So I would crank the thing down to like 67 degrees. And then I would like hang a foot out from underneath the comforter. I don't know why it just made me feel like I didn't get as hot. 
And science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering your core body temperature. Well, turns out I have a game changer for you. You see, temperature controlled sleep is going to restore testosterone levels, repair your muscles after a hard day work and improve your cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert, but chilly sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that are going to help you improve your entire well-being. This has worked in the Thompson household. You see, chilly sleep makes the Uller, which is what we have and the cube sleep system which are hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. Listen, I know it sounds goofy that I'm this excited about this, but this just made common walking around sense to me. Rather than, you know, chill down the whole freaking house, right? So I don't need to, like, pay to, I don't know, cool off the kitchen. I'm not sleeping in the kitchen. I don't need to, you know, cool off the dining room or my office or the spare bathroom or the living room. I need to cool off my bed. This is a game changer. I don't even need the whole bedroom to be cool. I need what I'm sleeping on to be cool. And they figured out how to do it. These are luxury mattress pads. that are gonna keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. Now, here's how we do this. Megan likes to go ahead and climb into a warm bed. I wanna get into a cold bed. We can do that. In addition to that, she wants it to start warm but then cool her off as she goes through the night so she doesn't wake up all hot and sweaty. But she has like a wake-up warm setting on hers. So she knows about what time she needs to get up. So about 5.30 in the morning, it starts to warm her up. 6 a.m., she's hitting the floor and starting her day feeling refreshed. She got that deep sleep. It was cold when she needed it. It was warm when it was time to get up. What? How is this possible? These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep and stay asleep and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. I'm using the Uller and I love it. You will too. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chilly sleep can make that happen. Oh, and check this out. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the chilly blanket, the only weighted blanket that can be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. Head over to chillysleep.com forward slash wrestle to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for something to wrestle with listeners and for a limited time. That's chilly, C-H-I-L-I sleep.com slash wrestle to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Check it out, guys. You're going to love it. If you're like me and you sleep cool, or maybe you want to sleep warmer, chillysleep.com forward slash wrestle is going to change your life. That's chillysleep.com forward slash wrestle. Here's one from, uh, JM Wagner. If Bret Hart would have shown up at WrestleMania 22, what do you think the possibility of him doing a run in during the Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon match could have been like Roddy Piper did during WrestleMania 19 for Hogan and Vince. That could have been interesting if he would have actually attended. Yeah, that was the one where Brett came in and either got inducted in the Hall of Fame That's or, right. or we did Stu. That was when we inducted Brett, right? Yes. Detroit? Yes. Okay. Um, it would have been great. Would love to have been able to do it. And I know Brett had other commitments that Brett couldn't stay. So it was uh, unfortunate. I don't know. I don't know if Brett was at, at the right place in his life that he would have wanted 
to do something like that at that time, there was still a little bit more healing to go. And there was uh, that was the first step. And there were baby steps to get beyond that. But that would have been cool as shit. And Piper was something that um, was a last minute nobody knew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I made a phone call and said, hey, Vince, man, come on. We're in Seattle. It's Portland is right there. And two biggest rivals, you know, Hogan and Piper. What if type thing? And he said, well, see what Roddy's doing. And it went from a phone call to Roddy. What are you doing? Hey, would you like to do this to, can you be here tomorrow? And Roddy drove in from Portland, met him downstairs in the loading dock. Um, Tom and I put a, like a hoodie on him. And walked him up to his room and locked him in his room. And same thing. We went up, got him in his room, put the hoodie on him, got him into the building. People thought Roddy was just there to say hello. It's uh, that was pretty cool. It's such a cool idea to think about Sean showing up at WrestleMania 22. I do want to mention you mistakenly said Detroit. That show was actually in Chicago at the all state arena, in Chicago, but, that's right. but still that is when Brett was the headliner and I know they all run together, but I just know we'll get tweets. So I'm trying to preemptively. I misspoke that. folks. Sorry. I'm getting older now. I misspeak sometimes. Hey, I'm always right, but sometimes I misspeak. Boy, I, that sounds like my dad right there. Hey, um, chat me up about big shows. You were a part of, this isn't a question that's on our, our ask Bruce, anything. I just want to ask a question. Because you referenced a minute Did ago, you send it in in the proper channels. Yes, Conrad from Huntsville wants to know. You know, when you look back at your, because I was saying, hey, it would have been cool for you to attend the SummerSlam '92 thing, just because it was such a monster crowd and such a historic. I mean, our our fans across the pond, every time we made a shot over there, did a show over there, asked questions, they always want to talk about SummerSlam '92. So it clearly left a big impression. But it was such a spectacle to look at visually too. Could you name in no particular order, maybe like your top five, most impressive spectacle looking venues or crowds or just circumstance, not necessarily who was the hottest or who was the loudest, but one where you walk out and you're like, holy shit, this is mad. Like you guys did the Saudi shows. And I bet that was an experience. And as you've been all over the world, you've been to Japan and blah, blah, blah. Were there a handful that really stick out to you just as a fan, as a guy? Who you're yeah, like, I, I tell you, one of the first ones that comes to mind is when we did in Boston Square the deal with Tyson and the public workout yeah. with DX and, and Stone Cold and expecting a few thousand people to show up at lunch and go out there and all of a sudden you're surrounded by 20,000 people or whatever it is. Um, that was cool because it was just an air of electricity that no one imagined that many people were going to come out at noon on a Wednesday or Thursday in the middle of the week to come and see this spectacle and turned into this really cool deal. When we went public on wall street and put a ring in the middle of wall street, wall street had never been closed down before. And to be able to do that, um, and look around as far as the eye could see people, um, times square, you know, that kind of shit, you know, in the middle of Times Square at lunch at noon <laughs> and have people just shutting down Broadway. Uh, then you go to, as crazy as it sounds, if you had seen the 
Stadium Arena for WrestleMania 9 at Caesars. It looked like a high school football stadium. And we dressed it to look like a Roman Coliseum. And, and the fact that it looked as good as it did, and you look at it now and go, ah, you know, compared to some of the things we've done now. But if you had seen it before, oh, my God, um, it was night and day. And that was a hell of a spectacle with the elephants and the just the menagerie of animals and people and everything. That was pretty cool. There, there have been so many that are unique. Um, those are the ones that, you know, I sit back and go, God, man, you remember the time that we did, you know, Penn Station or that we – we did uh, diamonds and denim and diamonds in San Antonio. Just for whatever it was, it was so bizarre to have a ring in the middle of this country and western club, and it was the perfect setting. It just it just worked. So you know that kind of stuff. Uh, the Intrepid, July Fourth, the Bobby Slams Challenge with Yokozuna, and. They asked, you know, how many people were like, oh, man, you know, we'll probably have about uh, maybe a thousand people. And next thing you know, <laughs> you've got estimates of you got 7000 people out there, guys. We can't allow all these people on the boat. And then people start dropping because of the heat. And it, and it was incredible. But those kind of those kind of spectacles to me were the ones that were most memorable. You know, a big arena. Yeah. Houston. Uh WrestleMania 17, that was my hometown. So that was me performing in front of 70,000 people or whatever the hell it was. That was surreal and, and a moment that I thought was a dream. Chris writes, following WrestleMania 9, if Vince called Bruce in his office and said, Hey, pal, I need you to book a feud between Brett and Hulk. You can do whatever you want, but it has to end by WrestleMania 10. How would you book it? Well, I think I would have probably turned Hulk heel. Wow. Um, if I could have done anything I wanted to do, I would have turned Hulk heel. And I think that by turning Hulk heel and having a jealous and bitter Hulk would have made Brett the super baby face that uh, I think it would have got him there a lot quicker. But I would have had a bitter, nasty um, Hulk Hogan. Jealous. What could have been Michael writes, uh, I was at, uh, I was in Florida for a house show. And the only thing I remember was my dad saying this guy again, referring to the Sultan coming out for his fourth match of the night. Was this common practice or was this to try to reshoot TV? So the idea is it's a TV taping and I guess obviously TV tapings are certainly done not for the house, but for the camera. And you're going to, you know, have probably four weeks of TV there. If you saw him four times, but how often would you like percentage wise, would you do a reshoot on a TV taping? Very seldom, but you were doing three and four weeks sometimes at a time in right. one night. Right. So a new talent, you may want to get out, you know, every other week or sometimes every week. It depends on who it was. So yeah, they would get, <laughs> you'd get pretty sick of some talent if they were coming out multiple times. I tell you what, man, by the third or fourth time my music hit in a night, you know, I was like, oh God, not him again. <laughs> Please. 
Charlie thrower says, Mr. Pritchard, can you explain how Dr. Tom became a doctor? Yes. Well, see, there was, um, this medical school. All right. And they had a pharmacy and there was a little mix up in the pharmacy and they needed a doctor and Tom was able to step in and all that happened. Do you know, uh, I mean, the, yeah, the real story is too, um, too crazy to tell, but I'll try and tell it in a nice way. As far as how Tom became a doctor, there was a match in continental in Alabama. Okay. All right. Southeastern uh, wrestling there. I already like it. And the guys, they had a guy that was going to be in the corner to be their corner man. And they put this guy on television. Well, when they put the gentleman on television, it, um, sparked some authorities of some sort who might've been looking for the guy that they had put on television. And when the authorities came calling to talk to this gentleman, that gentleman disappeared and now they needed a corner man. And so they used Tom and Tom explained that, you know, that he was a doctor, but there was just a little mix up at the pharmacy with, with his, and they lost his certificate in the mail. And Tom became Dr. Tom because he became the corner man uh, for that match. And then the moniker just stuck from there. Fun story. Appreciate you sharing that. Uh-huh. Christopher Wheeler. I did it as best I could without <laughs> implementing too many people. All right. I want to run a timeout right now to talk about our man, Alexander over in Parkersburg, West Virginia. You know, we get this question all the time here on the show. Hey, can save with Conrad.com help me buy a house or is it only for homeowners? We can absolutely help you buy a house at SaveWithConrad.com. Just ask Alexander. He left us a 4.67 star review, which if you've been listening to this show or reading the observer, you know, that means things went pretty, pretty, pretty good. Here's what Alexander had to say in his review. David and Diane were absolutely outstanding to deal with. They made sure I knew every step along the way, very clear directions as to what I needed to do as a first time home buyer. And I couldn't be happier with the home. I ended up purchasing 10 out of 10 experience with first family. By the way, I want to mention briefly first family really is my family. Mom's the office manager. Dad's helping families get into brand new homes. Of course, I got my sister preparing the closing packages. My cuz is going to help take your applications. First family is real. And my family wants to help your family get into a new house. That's right. Savewithconrad.com can get you in a house for less than your current rent. Why would you continue to build your landlord's wealth? It's time to do something for yourself. And don't think if maybe you had a credit mishap before that is going to exclude you from home ownership. We're routinely helping families just like yours get into a house with no money down and no money out of pocket. You can do this right now at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention one of the benefits of home ownership is not only that your house is probably going to appreciate over time and you're going to start to build wealth for your family, not only will you finally have something of your own and you don't have to ask permission to do something to the house, but most importantly, you're going to get a great big old tax deduction for the interest you pay on your house. Hypothetically, how much money does your landlord give you back when you file your taxes? Uh-uh telling you, you got to go to savewithconrad.com and realize that dream of home ownership for your family with my family, savewithconrad.com. 
Uh, Christopher Wheeler says, if you could have one wrestler from the old territory days added to the current roster, who would it be? And why, of course, in their prime, not, you know, passed away or old Gino Hernandez. Yeah. That's such a great answer. You think he would have, uh, he would have worked well today with today's product. Yeah. Yes. I think Gino would have worked frankly in, in pretty much any era. He was that good and that adaptable. Uh, Chris wants to know, it's been said a lot. It's not who gets over or who goes over, but who gets over, uh, which of the three best exemplifies that in your mind, Snooka in the cage at MSG versus Morocco, Austin versus Brett at WrestleMania 13 or Foley versus undertaker at hell in a cell. It's gotta be Foley, right? Yeah, really. It's Austin. Okay. Because you know, Foley and Foley did it. Yes. Foley definitely did it. And some of the, of what Foley did was unfortunately by mistake with the, the cage giving way. I don't know that uh, look the bump. And yes, I mean, to, the answer to that question is all those guys did, but if you're going to pick one, it was Austin because that was by design. And by the way, it ain't who, uh, who gets, goes over to gets over. It's, it's, uh, it's not what you make. It's what you say, kid. Oh yeah. Because there's these things and they call them T bills. The government will never go broke. Uh huh. You say only 2%, 2% adds up. It was a very intense, uh, conversation I had with the macho man on a plane one day, literally nose to nose because we're facing each other in the aisle while we're standing in first class and Randy wasn't in first class. I kept trying to give him my seat and he wouldn't take my seat, but he would stand up there and talk to me and take the free drinks. Uh, but he was, he was lecturing you about T-bills. He's lecturing me about T-bills and it's not what you make. It's what you see. You gotta invest, huh? Let me give you a tip. The U.S. government will never go broke. Don't go in the stock market. It's a sucker's bet. Uh-huh. Yeah. T-bills. But like right in my face, nose to nose. Yeah. Standing th- sideways in the in the aisle facing each other. I think Lenny Bakken has better financial advice than that. So look him up if uh mm-hmm. yeah, Edward Jones, Lenny Bakken. Uh-huh. Yeah, good guy. And plus, if you're good to him, you'll get a juicy Lucy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tell Lucy I said hello. Uh that's B A K K E last name Lucy. Oh, wow. Uh, Instagram, a wrestling historian wants to know how would Bruce Pritchard have ended the NWO storyline differently in Oh two. Of course, by that point, it was a dog. You needed to put a bullet in it, but we never really saw a final NWO. I mean, there was no finale. There was no blow off in WCW or the WWF. What would you do differently? If you could give a proper death, a funeral to the NWO. Well, first of all, it never would have made the NWO as big as they did. Yeah, of course. Never would have had, like, you know, everyone in the world uh, in Virgil uh, in the NWO. I, I think that if you had left it to three people, possibly four, but really and truly, if it was just Hall, Nash, and Hogan, I think that would have been ideal. And at the right time, the three of them explode, and you go back out to the red and yellow. And let Hall and Nash go off and do their thing. But I would have had Hogan come out of that victorious and going back to the red and yellow. 
Yellow and red is dead. You Macho's got a lot to say on this one. Uh, yeah. Chris wants to know when Undertaker taped his hands up and sat at Gorilla for WrestleMania 14's main event. What was going through Bruce's mind? Was he legitimately concerned there could be a physical altercation, or did you know cooler heads would prevail? Well, I felt that basically whatever was going to happen was going to happen, and I also was confident that what we needed to have happen out in the arena was going to happen. I just really felt that everybody was going to get through this. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of bravado and a lot of, you know, fuck you, fuck yous. But at the end, I think that everybody in that ring and everybody involved was professional. And at the end of the day, knew to do the right thing for business. Here's one from Colby. Uh, does Vince ever kick people out of gorilla? We hear that talent could gather there for big matches, but it seems like it could get crowded and hard to conduct business. Not asking these days, but back in the day, do you have a story about there being some sort of shoe fly? Get out of here. Thanks for coming by. See ya. Bye-bye. I used to throw people out. Yes. Just because it was too loud and I couldn't find people. So, you know, there, there would be times when they would congregate up there and you're looking for someone in the next match and you can't see them and you're yelling for them and maybe they're out the door on the other side, but because you've got 15 people in gorilla, you can't get a hold of them. So yes, in the middle of uh, shows, I would be known to take my headset off and maybe loudly ask people to get out. Christopher not on deck and you're not next get out. Christopher Wheeler wants to know what was Vince's reaction when Bischoff challenged him to a fight at Slamboree 98. <laughs> if you know him, give him a call. We'll just go fight in a garage somewhere. If he really wants to fight, I'll fight him. Goddamn. But he wasn't going like, to give them a boost. No, of course not. Yeah, I was like, Hey, we'll go to a parking lot. We'll go to a garage somewhere. She, she and I walk in, whoever walks out, walks out. You know, I know that, uh, a lot of times people say, oh, it's not personal. It's just business. And other people say, oh, there's nothing more personal than business. Do you think Vince took all the Bischoff stuff personally? Or did he realize, ah, this is just fucking promotion. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's both, man. It really, and truly is. I don't think he took the fight personally at all. Yeah. I think he kind of, you know, laughed that off, but it was like, a, you know, Vince would like to fight. Okay. You want to go fight? Let's go fight. P Diddy. Uh, not that one wants to know whose idea was it to put the mask back on Ray when he signed with WWE in 2002. Oh, that was everyone's idea. I think that Ray was more marketable and is more marketable with the mask on, you know, uh, Ray Mysterio without the mask was a cute little guy. We could do a lot of stuff. Ray Mysterio with the mask was an attraction. And plus you had merchandise to sell with the, the mask. You had different designs. You had all these different ways to go versus just Ray without the mask. Well, the chatter has begun around the office and at my favorite watering hole. Football is right around the corner. Now, of course, around the office and at my favorite watering hole, they have a couple of different leagues. Yeah, you know what we're talking about. It's time for some fantasy football. But did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention real experts who have more tools and more access and more time. 
you really don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning finally within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, win or take all, you have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. Nobody else does that. This really was a game changer for me once I understood the difference. I have to admit, I've had my fun over the years with Daily Fantasy, but the idea that you're going to be able to beat everybody in the country is pretty daunting. But when you can just beat this one lineup and you know what it is, now okay, let's saddle up, baby. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. One-on-one, baby. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash wrestle and sign up for free. And right now you get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash wrestle. That's stathero.com slash wrestle. Restrictions apply. See stathero.com for details. Dismal Abysmal has a question that is a little oh, silly. about me. Uh, yeah, that, that is you. When a wrestler has ring gear in every color imaginable, who decides which ones he wears on a given night? Does he just show up with whatever he wants? Or is sometimes creative ringing him up saying, Hey, make sure you wear the so-and-so tonight. No. And you know, usually you want talent to have a look and, and that look is going to be the same each and every night because you've got so many different things from action figures and just what have you uh, that we send out to licensees and they're going to want that look and they want the look that's on TV. Um, a good example was John Cena back in the day. John Cena used to wear colors of whatever the local sports team was or college team was. And he had matching trunks, matching boots and wore a different outfit every single night. And we went to his house to do the, the edge vignettes. And I remember his dad showing me these closets full of all of John's gear. And he had boots and trunks and knee pads, all matching all the, most of them had only been worn one time. That was his gimmick. So it was different. It was the same style, but the, the colors were synonymous with whatever town he was in. Rusty Simpson wants to know if Shawn Michaels didn't get hurt in 1998 and didn't take time off, would it have changed the creative direction for DX and would he and Austin have worked return programs? I think so. Uh, but you know, we knew God, we knew what was it in January that Shawn was going away. So at that point, you, you don't, you're not thinking about, you know, what ifs at that point, you're thinking about what you have and getting beyond it. So the, um, it was never really thought about because we knew that we had to get to mania and then Sean was done. It is interesting to think about if he doesn't go down. Does Triple H become the star he was as quick as he did? If he's not the leader of DX or would he have wound up in a feud with Sean and interesting. 
Charles. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I, I don't know that Triple H would have uh, become the star that he became at that point in time. Yeah. Because Hunter really stepped up to become the leader of DX. Charles wants to know how did it come about for brother love to referee the tag match with the, uh, heart foundation in 1988 at the Boston garden. I asked because I was there that night because I got booked and I want to say that trying to think, I don't know if that was a summer program or if that was a holiday program, but there were times that, that Vince would just, uh, book me in things to get me out of the office <laughs> really for no other reason than that. And it's like, well, Hey, brother love could work here. Um, make him a, make him a referee. Have him go do this. And those were, God, they were a shitload of fun. And in, I believe it was in Boston, had to be in Boston. Um, I remember Jim Neidhart had, um, Jacques had Jim Neidhart in like a camel clutch type deal sitting on his back and Neidhart's eyes are darting back and forth. And, and I'm in Neidhart's face and I'm at, you know, give up. Do you want to give up? And he just goes back up and move. And I backed up. And when I did an ice pick, it just came and barely missed Jim's nose and just stuck right in the mat. Now, had I been face to face with Jim, it probably would have hit me. And he saw but it. He, huh? And he saw it from that position. And he saw it and told me to move. And I just thought he was getting ready to do something. But I backed off and I looked down and I was like, holy fuck. That would have hurt. Just stuck in the mat and I just reached down, pulled it out, threw it out of the ring. We kept going. Is that the most dangerous thing you ever saw thrown in a, in a ring before? At me? At anybody. Oh God, man. The bottles and the shit in, um, Mexico were, were terrified because they, they would throw like, you know, beer bottles and, and Coke bottles. You were there hard. for that. Sir. You were there for that. Yes. What, what, night, what, what match was it? Well, the first, it was like the first or second match because it was the night that Val Venus was steel and he was working with uh, Rio Jalisco. Oh, so not a WWF show. You, you wasn't the, a WWF show. No. Got it. And, uh, but they came to me for a finish for the match and they wanted to introduce me and shit and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I said, if you want me to, I said, let, let, let's, let's do something where I screw Ryo. And you think that Ryo's going to have to, uh, take his mask off. Let's do the whole presentation and we'll get in the ring and then let your, uh, your official come down and say, no, no, no bullshit. Uh, he did it. Meaning me and Ryo knocks me on my ass. Boom. Restart the match. Ryo catches steel with something real quick. Bing. New referee comes in one, two, three. Now steel's got to take off his mask. You take it off. And you reveal, Oh my God, it's Val Venus. And that's why the WWE guy didn't want him to get, uh, unmasked. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the matches start and, and in the second match, the rain of bottles that came down and I don't remember what the match was, but I'm sitting there with, uh, Victor Quinones. I said, Hey man, about that finish. Yeah. I don't think I want to be involved. I'm good. Just, just go ahead and beat 
<laughs> go ahead and beat Val and, and we'll be on our way. Postamania brother wants to know, was there ever a time when Bruce was in gorilla on headset when monsoon was on commentary with either Bobby or Jesse, and he literally laughed out loud at some of their back and forth. Did you ever have a line on commentary that really got you tickled? God, too many to count. Yeah. I mean, between Bobby and Gino, it was, it was absolutely hilarious where we would sit there and they, they didn't do commentary live for the syndicated matches. We did all that back in the studio, but for a pay-per-view, yeah, there were always some good shit that they would sneak in here and there, but Bobby and, and monsoon had all of us busting up constantly just too much with Heenan's one-liners and monsoon setups for him. It's uh, a fun time to go back and watch those old matches and hear the old commentary. Dawson Fields writes, I just started old Monday night raw and nitro episodes from 1995. And I noticed on some episodes of raw that you're in the same location two to four weeks at a time. How long did those tapings take and how big of an impact did it have on the live audience? Sometimes, man, if we did, uh, two two raws or multiple syndicated shows. Sometimes those tapings, we'd go into, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Sometimes they were brutal. And, you know, we would do, for example, you would do three weeks of superstars, which is three, one hour shows, which is 44 minutes of content, which wrestling wise and in the ring, probably, you know, 28 minutes. Um, so that in and of itself is two hours pretty much for four of those. And then you had shows or matches that we would do for primetime wrestling and all American for the cable shows that didn't air anywhere else, but on cable, we would run those at, you know, 15 to 20 minutes piece. So you'd have probably three of those. That's another hour. Then you would have, your on-camera opens that you would have to shoot. And then you would have different interviews and things you would have to shoot. And sometimes things would just get bogged down and would slow you down. So it could be painful. And if you're there to see Hulk Hogan versus Killer Khan, and you're not going to see Hulk Hogan all night long till the very end, and you brought little Johnny to see his hero, Hulk Hogan, and you've already seen Killer Khan at least twice during the night for a squash match. It's like, when the hell is Hogan coming out? And then Hogan came out, they popped. King Cancun, at a pace, at a at leg drop, next. All right, guys, want to give you a real quick peek behind the curtain. Just a couple of weeks ago, my dad had the big family reunion. Uh, it's been a long time since we had one of those, especially with everything that's been going on. And now I don't know when we'll have another one considering everything that's going on now. Anyway, I'm glad we had it. I'd see a lot of the extended family I hadn't seen in a long, long time. And, uh, we were over at my dad's house and one by one people noticed something pretty special. Last Christmas, I gave my dad a hand painted portrait of his mother. And she's really the person responsible for this entire family gathering. And one by one, I had aunts and uncles and cousins and everyone ooh and ah and ask, where did this come from? Paintyourlife.com is a game changer. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've just got to try paintyourlife.com. Here's how it works. 
you can get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. You choose from a team of world-class artists and you work with them until every detail is perfect. They have an incredibly easy to use user-friendly platform that lets you order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. And it's such a quick and easy process, you even get your painting in about three weeks. Now you can send any picture of yourself, your children, your family, a special place, a cherished pet, or you can combine photos into one painting. This really does make the perfect birthday or anniversary or wedding gift. And this is something that will be cherished forever because it's meaningful. It's personal. This was a home run at our family reunion, and it'll be a home run for whoever is whatever in your life. I mean, we have done this for the nature boy, Ric Flair. We've given him two. I've given my mom one of not only her dog, but her dad. I just mentioned that I got my dad one of his mom. Unfortunately, my cousin lost uh, my uncle. His father gave him one. I've even gotten two of these. Uh, one of us as a couple in our dining room when we first got engaged. I gave my wife one from our wedding day. And just, uh, I guess a month ago, I got one for my birthday. And it's of our new boathouse. Listen, this is a home run. I can't stress this enough. Perhaps my favorite sponsor we've ever had because it makes me look like a million bucks. At painterlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, you get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. Now, to get this special offer, just text the word WRESTLE to 64000. That's WRESTLE to 64000. Text WRESTLE to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com forward slash terms. Again, text WRESTLE to 64000. Was that sort of the protocol at the time? Like the, the story is Hogan wanted to get back to the hotel before room service shut down. So he would have his match right before intermission. You guys would put tickets on sale at intermission for the follow-up and go ahead and announce the main event based on whatever happened in Hogan's match. Was that the formula for house shows or live events? And then for TV tapings, sorry, Hulk, but you're on dead last. Yeah, but that wasn't so Hulk could go back to get room service. I'm sure Hulk has said that. Wait, no, I just said it was that he enjoyed that perk. But the real yeah, but reason was, is you wanted yeah, to sell the, tickets. Yeah, it was more to sell tickets for the next event. So you could shoot your angle before intermission and say, oh, my God, and next time we will be here. Yes, yes. Hogan. And tickets available right now in the front box office. Get your tickets in advance. Now so, we're going to take a brief intermission. By the way, tickets on sale for Boss Man Hogan next month right. at a cage. Yeah. Chris says if the rope break didn't happen in the 1990 tag match between the rockers and the heart foundation and the rockers remain tag champions, would Brett and Jim have gotten booked as singles? Could we have actually seen Brett win the intercontinental title at WrestleMania seven? That's interesting. If the rockers do wind up keeping the belt because the rope break thing doesn't happen. Does that change the trajectory of, uh, Brett Hart as a singles competitor? Sure as hell could have, because that was, you know, one of the things that we were looking to do was to split up the heart foundation and go, uh, singles with them. Adam Arpin says, were there any discussions in O2 about trickling hall, Nash and Hogan back into the WWE individually or hall and Nash as a tag team, but not the NWO or was the idea always just the NWO? 
you know, it, it had many incarnations. So, you know, there was, there was talk of, of only bringing, uh, Hogan back. There was talk of, of only bringing Hall and Nash back, um, you know, one end or the other. So it was a lot of different incarnations. I think that Vince wanted to bring all three of them back and the, felt that the three of them as the NWO was the strongest attraction. Captain Chris says it's well known that you guys had to pay Marvel comics for the use of the Hulk name. Did you have to pay Lucas films for the use of the Vader name? If not, why not? Don't know why not. We didn't cause he already had we an agreement. Darth Vader. Right. You stinky Vader. Okay. Stinky Vader. That's what you're going with. Yeah. Okay. Somebody showed me a picture of, of, uh, Leon and someone the other day. Um, and I was like, wow, man. Cause he was all sweaty and had his gloves on their, on their shoulder. And I said, man, do you have any idea the putrid smell coming off of those gloves right now that that poor son of a bitch is having to breathe in and out. You're mean and hurtful. I'm not mean and hurtful. I love, look, I love Leon and Leon was a great guy. Leon just was a little smelly. His gear, his gear was. Yes. His gear was very smelly. Chris says, uh, in Brett's 93 episode, it was mentioned Brett versus Yoko in a steel cage at Anaheim drew over 15,000 people. How closely was Vince monitoring house shows and would things like this factor in his decision to put the title on Brett at WrestleMania 10? Uh, monitor house shows every single day. Yeah. It's business. You see what your, what your business is every day and house shows were one way to establish, you know, what was working and what wasn't. And if you had an attraction in there and it didn't draw, then you got to look at the attraction. You got to look at what else is going on in the market, but yes, they're, they're monitored every single day. And a lot of times based on what we've read online, it feels as if the data that you guys would use to research something like that, like who's over, you know, give them a little more of this, give them a little less of that is who's on top, who, AKA who's selling tickets, who's selling merch and who has the best ratings, right? Is that sort of the, I'm not saying now, I mean, back in the day, man, this quarter hour and these shirts and. When this guy wasn't on this card, we announced him and we got a bump this percentage wise. That's the stuff that tells you the feedback from the audience, people voting with their wallet, right? Yeah. It's, it's when people get out of their home, they buy tickets and they load up the car and they take the family down to the arena and then they buy merch and they buy a hot dog and soda. And they, they actually make an effort to come to see your event. Television is a little bit different. If you promote something in advance, then you can attribute ratings to that. If, if people are tuning in just for that, you see a bump, but ratings are more of a, of a monitoring and you look for trends because how does the television audience know what's coming up next? You can tell them, but they have to be in, they already have to be engaged for you to tell them what's next. You can promote if you're promoting ahead week to week and you see big bumps with certain things and you see a trend, then, then ratings mean something. But what really meant something is people getting up, getting up, loading up the car, coming out, buying a ticket and participating in a live event or pay-per-view. Joe Miller says a lot's been said about Vince McMahon throughout the, his decades long run as owner slash chairman of WWE. 
He's always talked about regularly good or bad, but never indifferent. Do you think Vince is aware of the constant chatter about him? Not necessarily these days, but back, you know, we'll call it, uh, the, uh, the, the boom of the internet, you know, allowed wrestling fans to get online and there'd be chat rooms and message boards and all that jazz. Vince feels like a guy that, and you and I've even joked that he's sort of unplugged from all that stuff. Like not just that stuff. I just mean like how much does a gallon of milk cost type of stuff? Because he's so far in the bubble. He has a different life and he, he lives WWE, but he's probably not aware in my, I mean, I'm just asking of this constant chatter i mean he, there's no way he could keep up or give a shit right yeah vince was busy running a business yeah there's didn't, your have, didn't have the you know the the time oh somebody said something about me does it affect business <laughs> right yeah next yeah was it the president <laughs> okay. right yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh M- michael wants to know when you hear briscoe pronounce vince mcmahon with his overemphasis on the last name, is that really how he says it? Or is he just playing it up for the cameras? Of course, that's how he says it. He's from Oklahoma. We know, we know that the only thing that keeps Texas from falling into the Gulf of Mexico is Oklahoma sucks. Hey, speaking of Oklahoma sucking, I'm sure you and Vince have had a lot of conversation in the more recent weeks about, about Oklahoma sucking, about Oklahoma and Texas joining the sec. Where do you stand on that? Bruce, are you excited to see what Oklahoma and Texas do in the sec? (laughs) Are they going to play Alabama? Yes. Oh, well that's bad news for y'all. Oh, really? Yeah. How so you think Texas is going to beat Alabama? Oh God. Yes. Please. Alabama finally has some competition. I mean, not from the cheaters that are OU, the, the Sooners, the ones that cheat and go in the middle of the night to steal land. Okay. But, but the, okay. the Longhorns all of a sudden are well, good. Longhorns, God bless Texas. I don't give a shit. I was going to say, do you even know the head coach <laughs> of the Texans? I mean, uh, uh, of Texas? No. Bear Bryant. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> This is real years ago. I'm going to, I'm going to say like five years ago, I took uh, Bruce to an Alabama game and we had a great time and he would all, he would intentionally cheer at the wrong time. So, you know, we're, we're in the Alabama section, of course. And anytime Alabama gets a first down, everybody pulls their shakers out and roll tide. And he would wait until it's dead silence and hit you a home run or some <laughs> random shit. <like> that. <laughs> well, I was happy. Yeah, I was happy because they like, you know, they hit a double or whatever they did. Then you would start jumping up and down when like the referee threw a flag and you'd be like, that's good. Right. I mean, just random. It's tremendous. Uh, so, so Nick Sabian is the, the, Listen the governor of Texas, right? Yes. You got it. You got it all down pat. Richie wants to know what are the differences between hiring creative teams now versus the uh, attitude era, or even back in the late eighties, was there a shift when the company went public to find certain backgrounds or has there always been certain things that Vince looked for in his creative room? There. Okay. There, there were no creative room in the eighties and in the nineties, you know, it was Pat and Vince. And then it was me, Pat and Vince. Then Russo came in, you know, there, there weren't teams until the two thousands. 
but that was just more of, of looking for people that had an aptitude for wanting to work in this. Um, Damien writes, was test ever considered to be, uh, considered for a main event push. He was up against the McMahon Helmsley era in late 99, beginning 2000 and was the iron man of the rumble in 2000, but he was never a main event guy. I think that we looked at test, you know, with high hopes of being a main event guy. I think that probably the thing that, um, hurt test in some ways in the very beginning was Vince Russo making a comparison to him and Kevin. He's going to be the next Kevin Nash, bro. Look at him. And I think to, to Sean and everybody, it was like, he's no Kevin Nash. Um, but Tess was young. And at that time, Tess came in very young with very little experience. And I think somebody asked him, hey, man, how many matches have you had? And he, like, counted. I think he had had 21 matches. This fucking guy's had 21 matches, and he's in the main event on Raw? Um. But I do think that, you know, in some ways that was good. Just sometimes, man, you got to just get new talent out there and go. He had a great look, had some charisma, natural charisma. Um, but we did have high hopes for test early on. Get your something to wrestle gear at BrucePritchard.com and check out BoxaGimmicks.com, the official something to wrestle store where you can find gimmicks for yourself or the fan in your life. New items added weekly. Joel Kidder wants to know, do you think Ken Shamrock would have been a world champion? Had he stuck around for the brand extension slash ruthless aggression era? I think Ken definitely could have been, you know, you look at, you look at all of his attributes and Ken was a great worker and you can't teach the kind of intensity that Ken Shamrock has just naturally. Yeah. Um, sitting in a room, Shamrock has intensity. So had he stuck around? Yeah, there were, was definitely a possibility. JM Wagner wants to know when Sean Waltman returned to the WWE in 1998, was anyone in the office against him coming in? You mentioned years later, some in the office were against Hall and Nash returning in 02 due to their click past. Did that apply to Sean Waltman? I think that there was a little bit of trepidation just because of, you know, how Sean had left before and he left with those guys and being down there. But at the same time, it was, hey, man, let's give him a chance. Let's go. I don't think that it was – I don't think Sean carried as much uh, baggage as the rest of the guys did. Uh, Paul wants to know, uh, when you would go out to dinner with uh, Vince or maybe go to a bar with Vince and someone recognized him and asked for a photo or autograph, would he oblige or what did that look like? Yeah, he'd oblige. I mean, it's always been nice to people when they come up and ask him for stuff. And, you know, unless, you know, you're busy or you're running and trying to catch a flight or you you want to get out of Dodge and you're going somewhere, I think that Vince has always taken time to stop and sign autographs and say hello to people. Uh, GJ Refill says, what's the best theme of all time and why is it Jive Soul Bro? <laughs> The best theme of all time, the best musical entrance is yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's going to be probably Austin or ultimate warrior. Jive soul bro is pretty good though. Jive soul bro. Just a jive soul bro. A jive soul bro. Never get nothing in the end. Just a jive soul bro. A jive soul bro. Something, 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 something. Uh, Darren, 
Darren Cavanaugh wants to know what's your favorite in your house pay-per-view and why I'll tell you, uh, probably the first one because we gave away a freaking house Yeah, <laughs> and sitting in a room going, Hmm, what could make this special? What if we gave away in your house? What if we gave away a house and sending Jerry Briscoe to go buy a house that day. <laughs> That's a sentence you don't hear all the time. Uh, yeah, it was in, in the call back. It's like, yeah, I got a nice house here. I'll send you pictures. And that was it. Follow a question from Darren here. What would have been the plans for the ultimate maniacs after survivor series in 1992? Of course we know it didn't happen. Uh, down goes warrior. So the ultimate maniacs are no more. What would that have looked like cruising into 93? Do you think? You know, I, I, I know it sounds crazy, I, but is there a chance they could have broken up and it been savage warrior at WrestleMania nine? And I know you'd already done it at seven. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, because oh, they could have wrestled Hogan and beefcake. Ooh, now that would have been hot. It's a lot of star power. Goddamn right. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And, and you look at that and I just come back. So thinking about, I'm still catching up on the whys and whatnots and everything. Um, and then warrior was gone so fast that it's like, okay, next. Dude drop wants to know, is there any area in particular where Bruce actually agrees with Dave Meltzer when it comes to business? Uh, no, because I don't know that Dave Meltzer understands what business is. Oh, come on. I don't think that Dave Meltzer understands that business is to make money and that, uh, I, I just don't, I think that his, his basic philosophy and viewpoints are so polar opposites of normal human beings that, uh, probably not. And there's, and that's probably a, a mental block, um, in that, um, I don't feel that that whatever his job that he thinks he does, I don't think he's good at it. And I don't think that he's, I don't think he's a good person. And, um, yeah, don't think we will ever agree. Mayo slinger wants to know, Bruce, tell us who came up with the hog shit slash pig pen matches with the Godwins. And why was it you? Why was what the hog pen matches? Love the hog pen matches. What's wrong with the hog pen matches? Well, there's doo doo in them. Organic doo-doo. Uh, Ravid. Those pigs were organic pigs that only ate organic. Sh- well, caca. Ravid wants to know why was Bruce never considered to be an on-screen stooge in the attitude era, like Briscoe and Patterson and Sarge. Cause I had a real job. Oh God. Well, uh, no, I mean, really and truly at, the, at that time, um, it was Briscoe and I that did gorilla and did all that stuff. And we had tried to train so many different people to do that. That just didn't work out. So it was Jerry and I was just never considered. Denovius in the morning wants to know how come there was never consideration to bring in the Harlem heat as a tag team instead of just Booker T by himself. I think by that time that, uh, Stevie Ray had wanted to move on and retire, what have you. And Booker was doing good as a single. 
Um, S man two ninety says my dad used to know a man named John Howard, who I think started with Vince in 1984. Uh, do you have any stories on him? Does that name ring a bell? It's not somebody I've heard of before. Uh, yeah, John was uh, a salesman in the New York sales office. And other than seeing John every once in a while at a nappy convention or the Hulk Hogan, no holds barred premiere, uh, didn't have a whole lot to do with John. Uh, Jeff wants to know, were there any big name celebrities over the years you guys really wanted to do business with, but they either weren't interested or you couldn't because of scheduling conflicts. And if so, what were some of the ideas for them? John Madden. Uh, John Madden was, you know, the, the Moby Dick, man. He was the the big whale that we couldn't just land. And John doesn't fly. So anywhere that John went, John would have to go by bus. And inevitably, whenever we would have WrestleMania, we would always contact John and say, hey, we're a year out. Here's where we're going to be. Are you going to be anywhere near there that you could get there by bus? And John would look at his schedule or say, hey, I've got to get closer to it. And it just never worked out. John did some things with us remotely, and we would go to him. We had Bobby Heenan that he put as a manager of his all-Madden team, the first manager ever put on the all-Madden team. Uh, I became friendly with John. He was a great guy. But it just never worked out. He was the one that we always wanted to do color commentary, uh, bring in for a WrestleMania and have Madden do commentary on a WrestleMania. And unfortunately, it never worked out. Now, there was also the time that uh, Ed Cohen uh, called Al Pacino's office and, and his people and, and asked how much it would take for Al Pacino to appear at WrestleMania. And the agent or whoever said, well, how much are, are we talking here? And Ed, having no idea, just was like, ah, well, let's say $10,000. Oh, God. And uh, he says, well, Al Pacino doesn't. He goes, Al Pacino doesn't walk across the street for $10,000. He says, well, how much does it take to get Al Pacino to walk across the street? And then the agent hung up on him. That was hilarious. That is a great line. But yeah. Uh Fernum Schnavitz wants to know, Bruce, were there ever any on-screen characters you pitched for yourself that didn't make it to TV or that Vince rejected? Obviously we know the brother love and Rio Rogers stories, but are there any ideas that wound up on the cutting room floor? Well, first of all, Rio Rogers was not my idea. It was a horrible idea. It was a Jerry Jarrett idea. It was the drizzling shits and I hated it and I did not pitch it. Um, I actually pitched to do, uh, to do Bruce, um, at one point when we were looking to bring the undertaker back and, and to dye my hair like a, um, a dark Auburn red kind of, and, uh, not be brother love, but just to basically be Bruce and to break that fourth wall and, and talk to Mark. Um, that didn't go over very well. And, didn't get beyond the pitch. Here's one from, uh, Bobby blue. What a great question. This is now that all the billionaires are going to space is Mr. McMahon going to become a space club billionaire. Yeah, we're going, uh, I think in February, we're, <laughs> 
Alice. I love that you're going to be in, in space booking fucking TV. Well, we, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. We've got to write TV. We've got to do creatives. So. God damn, pal. They don't have cable up here. We've got to get down. Ah, shit. Wi-Fi sucks in here. I thought the Peacock knock would, uh, the Peacock app would work better up here. We're in fucking space. Doesn't it all come from a satellite? Jesus. Right there. I can see the damn thing. <laughs> anybody, anybody got the password? Here, Bruce, uh, log me in, pal. Yeah. Uh, so great, dude. Uh, the beer Baron says the LA Coliseum approached WWE prior to WrestleMania six, but Toronto won out. If WrestleMania six had been in the LA Coliseum in 1990, instead of the sky dome, do you think that could have drawn the hundred thousand crowd? Possibly. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, and you're, we're talking with the, with the same attraction of Hulk versus warrior. I think that you probably would have had a better chance of doing that, uh, in the Coliseum a year before with that attraction. Well, boys and girls, we hope you guys have, uh, enjoyed an, a very special ask Bruce, anything, uh, Bruce, I'm getting pretty excited, man. Uh, SummerSlam is going to be here before you know it. It's been really cool to see, uh, John Cena back now Goldberg's back. It's a fun time to be a wrestling fan right now. And. From your perspective, is it a fun time to be, uh, in the wrestling business as well? I always have fun Conrad by God, no matter what the hell I'm doing. Well, some uh, of the time, maybe all the time next week, though, we're going to be son of a gun. doing something kind of fun next week. Uh, believe it or not. I can't believe this is real, but next week will be the 25th anniversary of when Farouk Assad debuted. Ron Simmons comes over to the world wrestling federation. And the 25th anniversary is next week. So we're going to talk about Farouk's whole run with the WWF and that famous story about how you guys just had a call every year until it finally happened. What kind of stories do you think we might get into next week? when we talk about your old pal, Ron Simmons, who we ran into at the hotel when we were having our ultra secret meeting with Ron Simmons in Atlanta, Georgia at the Marriott. That was an interesting day. In two weeks, we'll be back talking all things SummerSlam 2001, and then we'll wind down the month of August with SummerSlam 06. September should be an interesting month. We've got Bam Bam Bigelow, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Unforgiven 06, and In Your House Mind Games on tap. Man, I think we're on a fun streak right now. Hope you guys enjoyed Trish last week. Hope you dug Ask Bruce anything today. We'll be back next week with Farouk. By the way, you get all these shows early and ad-free over at adfreeshows.com. And if you've got a question for us about Farouk, ask it on Twitter. It's at Pritchard show. I also want to mention if you want to introduce our podcast to uh, maybe a new listener, but they're a little overwhelmed with the idea that, wow, some of these shows are like three hours, direct them to the YouTube channel. Lots of fun little clips over there and uh, hit that subscribe button. It's totally free and ready to hook you up. Send your hate tweets to at Bruce Pritchard and at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. And we'll see you next week right here on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard rock on. Hey, we made it through with only one phone call today. CBN. That's because I turned it off. Oh, what a novel idea. See you next week, boys and girls. (laughs) All right, real quick, before we get out of here, I got to say it one last time. I want to save you money. Stop what you're doing and rush over to SaveWithConrad.com. This is going to be the best summer ever. Just ask Miguel in Plainsville, Ohio. He left us a five-star review at ConradReviews.com, and it said this. Big thank you to Conrad and his team. I enjoyed my experience working with First Family Mortgage. Jimmy was there anytime I had any questions. He was just a text message away. 
saving money and refinancing my home couldn't have been any easier. Miguel's saving a whole bunch of cash, and you can too right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket, and if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. But I do want to mention, this isn't just for refinancing. Maybe you've outgrown your current home or you're tired of throwing your money away on rent. First Family Mortgage can help you get into your next house fast and easy at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh yeah, no house payments for two months. Come on, let's make this the best summer ever with a little summer vacation from house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.